Hey y'all, I'm Miles, and welcome officially to A Home Near You. This is the first of however many episodes where you'll hear from queer locals about their hometowns. This podcast is about getting first-hand accounts of cities around the world from the perspective of the queer people who live there. Today, uh, I'm going to talk with Luca and Mario, who are from Zagreb, Croatia. I'm super happy that they reached out because... I was worried that initially I'd have a stream of episodes titled New York, Los Angeles, London, Chicago, because that's where um, a plurality of people I pull from on Instagram are from. And while these cities could be cool to do eventually, I want to make a point of starting with cities that aren't usually spotlit. I especially, but not exclusively, want to hear from people who live in these cities, the non-quote-unquote major cities, the non-western cities, the non-coastal U.S. cities, the non-hyper-urban cities. (laughs) A lot of what I don't want, but hopefully you get the point. During this discussion, Luca, Mario, and I talk about Zagreb's club scene, its activism in queer spaces, family and citywide attitudes towards queer people. We even get into Croatian and Balkan politics. We get into socialism and race. It goes deep. We recorded this over WhatsApp. The audio quality at times is questionable, but um, I think it turned out good considering. In the future, I'm going to look into ways to improve it. If you enjoy what you hear, you can support A Home Near You by joining me on Patreon, linked in the show notes. Really quickly, I'll share some basic info about Zagreb, and then I'll hand it off to Mario and Luca. So, Zagreb is the capital of Croatia, which is in Southeast Europe. It's bordered by Serbia, Hungary, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Montenegro, and the Adriatic Sea. Zagreb has about a million residents and is home to around one-fourth of all Croatian people. And now I'll have Luca and Mario tell you the rest. Just so we can uh, get to know you, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Luca, you can start. Oh, fuck you. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I'm Luca, I identify as a gay cis male. I'm turning 30 this year. I don't seem to have any issues with my age or anyone else's. Although I do like Miles' philosophy not to date people below 25. Okay. Uh, but that's like a different subject. I'm located in Zagreb. I was born here and I lived my whole life in the suburb of Zagreb. It takes like a 30 minute public transport to get to the center of the city, which is basically where I'm mostly located ever since high school. I went to high school there and uh, then uh, college and then different college. And uh, anyway, all my friends, the uh, working relationship, everything's located around the center of Zagreb. And I rarely visit any other parts, including the park where I live. Uh, how about you, Mario? So on the other side, there's Mario, who is a 25-year-old cis gay, who is originally from Split, which is a coastal city, hmm. the second largest city actually in Croatia. But I moved here for my studies like seven years ago. By here, I mean in Zagreb. So I would say for myself that unlike Luca, I'm very gay. I'm not joking. I'm very perky millennial gay guy. I'm into commercial shit like drag and shit. Mm. Oh my god, I'm I'm not supposed to be you know cursing. No, but okay. yeah, I'm still a student. I'm a student of public relations. What else can I say? I decided to to become a gym rat. Mm-hmm. So I've been you know, 
I've been seeing my boyfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, going to. I'm like very, you know, now I'm like I'm 25, but it seems like I have a pretty basic gay life. Let's say that <laughs> way for right now. Okay. How long have y'all known each other? Ah, uh, let's say two years, two okay. years and a half. Yeah. I don't remember how we met or where. Huh. I, I mean, was... Miles, this is a very funny story, but I think we met on a bogan on a bogan class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're so into bogan right now. <laughs> yeah, a bogan class was amazing for me because I appear uh, to be straight acting and straight looking. I'm not actively uh, anymore uh, trying to suppress my gayness. But voguing class was the place where I could become uh, more feminine than I've ever been. And it was very liberating and fun. And I think this is where we clicked because um, we were, it's the one place where we were both equally. Maybe I'm even more feminine on a vogue class than Mario is. Mm. Definitely, Luca has that, that feminine side inside of him. Definitely. Maybe it comes more naturally to me, but he definitely has it. Okay, it's in there somewhere. That's good. I just wanted to point out that I was depressed in it throughout high school and elementary school. And only after college did I start to put it out more. And I'm not done yet. It's, there's actually a lot of uh, work more needed to be done. But I'm definitely uh, more feminine than I was two or three years ago, but not as feminine as I will be next year or <laughs> year after. You're only improving Just time. Queen. <laughs> so earlier, Luca, you said that most of your life revolves around the center of Zagreb. How would you describe the center of Zagreb? The center of Zagreb is not really a fixed term, but what I mean by it is everything around Main Square and a few blocks around it, like Ilica, Tereshenka, uh, like, Treshenka is a place that's known for a lot of queer people living there. It's not a gay neighborhood, per se, uh, but it is a neighborhood where a bunch of us live. We don't have gay neighborhoods. I just heard a lot of uh, lesbians live there and a lot of queer people. Mm-hmm. But it's a neighborhood where a lot of people who are queer live. So Treshnika is a neighborhood where some queer people live, but not necessarily a gay neighborhood. Um, can you tell me about non-residential gay or queer social spaces in Zagreb? So when it comes to social life here in Zagreb, like uh, let's let's just exclude Corona out of this. Big, I'm I'm bigger fan of drag than Luca, so I can talk about that part, and he can talk about some other some other uh, more political and more social events he's not a clubber and i'm more into that uh, yeah mm-hmm. but here in zagreb we 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 have and we have had like uh, two houses and by houses i mean house of drag yeah we have had like a couple of events organized by, by it's a promo house of flamingo so you all the listeners can look it up if they want to okay. uh, so it's a queer collective um uh, with seven or eight gay men mm-hmm. it was like a drag show it was you know it was filled with people like every single ticket was sold people are very into it you know just uh thankfully to rupaul's drag race you know it got very commercialized and all the millennials and you know got into it so um and we have one gay club like 
official gay club, mm-hmm. which is, you know, is located in the city center and quite small, but open safe space for, uh, you know, LGBT community. Apart from it, that's, you know, there are also like a couple of, a couple of gay friendly places like bars and clubs, but officially there, we only have one gay club. It's called uh, Hot Pot. But you know there are other there are other um, as I said queer queer friendly queer friendly bars. Okay. So it's kind of you know we're we're not having like a very rich and nice scene for gays. I think Luca can agree with that. That it's a small community here in Croatia. Zagreb is the biggest in the capital city, but like the community, it's still super small. Mm-hmm. Like Croatia is quite small. We have four million citizens and uh, not even million live in Zagreb. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine it's... Uh, Luca, prove me wrong, <laughs> if I'm wrong. Uh, no, 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 I basically agree with everything you said. So Miles, if you ever come to here, you can ask me or Luca if mm-hmm. that guy is a decent or if you can hook up with him so we can <laughs> approve or not. Okay. So Luca can talk about, because he is more, um, he's more into organizing. You know, Luca knows what I'm talking about, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like friends with people who organize stuff and I photograph those events. This is my life contribution. Yeah, I've, I photographed for Zagreb Pride, uh, but that was like a paid thing. And there were like some activist things, basically doing pro bono for female liberation march and for Lesbiada, which is a lesbian Olympic event. There are some other events, especially lesbians. They're very proactive in the community. Yeah, they, they organize stuff like Lesbiada, which is intended to be a sports event uh, during daytime uh, for all queer people. More funny things like uh, games such as moving into an apartment, like they're mocking their own lesbian community and the fact that they move into each other's places. Uh, quite early in the relationship. And uh, if you're not one of the gays who hangs out with lesbians, uh, you're not that likely to come to those events. I only know those who go to uh, activist stuff like there's this uh, March for Women's Rights every year. Yeah, regarding the clubbing, uh, there were other initiatives around it. They usually happen around Pride Month. And they're amazing. There's like voguing classes and whatnot. You can be a part of Zagreb Pride, walk on the street and dance folk. But it's a very small scene. Uh, and I, I, I'm not seeing much of growth there. But yeah, I, I think we are like pretty small. But like there was an uh, initiative that Mario was a part of and they organized RuPaul Drag Race viewing parties. I mean, I'm friends with people from House of Flamingos, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and they do some amazing work, and I love to go see their shows. But I also love to go to sleep before midnight. <laughs> and but those viewing parties were a great thing for me because they were doing some something that I consider normal hours, like before going out. People <laughs> would like end their day with those, and some people would start day their nightlife with that. It was fun. It was more relaxed. Uh, people were there, uh, even they go to watch football games, but uh, this was like weird thing. Although I'm not a fan and I've never seen a single episode by myself at home, mm-hmm. I have truly enjoyed coming there with my friends and watching those. Even though I didn't understand half of it, yeah. I got carried away by the group energy. 
I just wanted to mention before we continue on the other question, on the other questions, mm -hmm. that you just have to be aware that there are mainly like lesbians and some queer folks who are, you know, taking part in this, uh, those events. But, you know, from Grindr, um, I don't want to be a part of the scene. Um, you know, I hope you're not part of the gay scene and he does not want to be seen with the other gay folks or whatever. Um, that's also one of the reasons why just mainly lesbians and uh, women, not why gay men are not part of those kind of events, is that they're mm. scared because they don't want to be a part of the scene, they don't want to be seen with the other gay folk, folks, so, mm, yeah, they're just completely ignorant, you know. Uh, is it mostly lesbians or mostly women in the clubs, or...? No, 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 no. When it comes to, you know, bringing the rights and fighting for rights, yeah, when it comes to gay club and chilling with dudes, they are mostly men, like in every other gay club. You know how it goes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So there's an important thing to mention that I almost forgot. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a vibrant nightlife scene coming to life, sort of. It wasn't like specifically gay, but it was definitely gay-friendly and publicized as gay-friendly events. They were always in some remote places with bad exit strategy. A bunch of homophobes realized that and somebody decided to attack one of those clubs. It was with a pepper spray during a party in Super Super. Luca found some more info on Super Super, so I'll have him explain it a bit more. I found an article online. In it, there's a paragraph which I will roughly translate. The Super Super claims that they are not a nightclub but an association that occasionally organizes themed programs and parties. It wasn't like a sex party, it was literally a party, oh, yeah. but everything that's publicized as gay-friendly is basically marked as exclusively gay in the perception of some people in Croatia. So anyway, after that happened, it was very talked in the public space, debated uh, on the public discourse. It ended up without any conviction. The perpetrators weren't found and a lot of people uh, because it, it, it's like a small scene and basically everyone was going to those parties like people didn't feel comfortable anymore uh, organizing those events or coming to those events so a lot of that scene died out that very night place called Medica in Zagreb. Like it was an abandoned building that people took over and there's a part of it that's meant for like working out and everything. Uh, it doesn't look like posh and it isn't super clean and all that. But three times a week there is a an hour and a half slot for queer people to come and work out. The girl who started it and who was leading it for uh, a couple of years, I think it was five years. She envisioned it as something like uh, open to everyone. Uh, and it was the first time that I went to work out without anyone pressuring me to do a certain thing or look a certain way. To me, it helped us uh, to develop like a healthy uh, relationship to working out with a lot of homophobia uh, to elementary school and high school, especially in regards to sport. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad to hear he's still working out. Although he's now visiting gyms with showers and hot guys and all that. <laughs> but 
but yeah, while while I was in Zagreb, I was uh, with Luca and other lesbians uh, doing sports. So the um, the woman who started it is a lesbian. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah she actually still goes there, but she doesn't. And basically now we're all uh, swinging it. Everyone's doing whatever they want to do. We don't have like a trainer with us, or and we just come as we wish and do what we want. Okay. Okay. But it started out as a more like organized activity space. Like yeah, she would yeah, lead it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She made the full plan for it, and she is now still willing to send us those workouts. But most people like. But she's like just let's say took a control of it and you know managed to do that queer um, space for you know doing sport. Mm-hmm. Actually, there are people that. Uh, it's a squat, so there's like a lot of program there. Uh, there is a space uh, intended for clubbing, but there's also area for people where they actually live uh, part time or full time. Uh, there are a couple of uh, spaces for artists, um, you know, ateliers, uh, studios like uh, art studios. Uh, that's actually in the same building where uh, our workout thing is. Hmm. Uh, there's like a lot of other things. There's uh, it's actually a headquarters for uh, Zagreb Pride. Uh, this is a place where they uh, do uh, everything for Pride related things, like uh, for instance the banners and stuff like that. Um, all the gatherings are done there, um, but I don't think it's the main headquarter uh, for Zagreb Pride. And actually, because of COVID. This year's Zagreb Pride was cancelled, and a lot of queer people, including those uh, who come work out and queer collective, were very frustrated because Zagreb Pride is an organization that uh, should be like the main organization in Zagreb. But other than organizing Pride, they're not doing much for the community. Like there's a bunch of other organizations that do not get funded by the state or the city. Uh, uh, and they go out of their own way and pay out of their own pocket uh, to organize queer events. And would you say in most queer events, um, do you think do you think there's integration between gay men and gay women and trans people? Do do people mingle, or do you expect to just see only uh, queer women at one of these events? No, no. Every lesbian event is basically open to everyone, and you're expected to see trans people and gay men as well. Trans women, trans men, uh, gender binary and non-binary people, they're more inclusive, and those events are more focused on interaction, playing board games, and communication, like connecting. While as I cannot say much about gay male events because I haven't visited many of them, uh, there there is this trans aid uh, organization in Zagreb that's amazing. I had the opportunity and luck to study at our Academy of Dramatic Art in Zagreb. I was studying photography, and there's a lot of queer people studying there. And I had this trans male friend. When we met, he identified then as a lesbian. He was also a lesbian of the year. He's he is and was very active on the scene and anyway he started realizing his identity isn't as fixed as he thought and started going and invited me to this translate event that was created to help people who have been through a trauma. It was an event uh, that Translate organized. It was open for people from regions so it wasn't just Croatia, it was also Slovenia, 
Bosnia and Herzegovina and Serbia mm-hmm. and Montenegro and they collected people who died and we had to come up with a play of sorts and we performed a couple of times. One time it was in Podgorica in Montenegro. This is where this Transposium happened and Transposium is actually an event that first started in Croatia and its focus was on trans people, trans rights and all trans issues. It became a regional thing, changing its headquarters every year. It was very fun. I got to meet a lot of people from the community that mm. I don't think I would have an opportunity to meet. I like those interactive spaces where you get to actually talk to people. And clubs are a place where I don't see, like it's always too loud, too crowded. You're basically with the people that you came with. In my experience, it wasn't something where I got to meet people and share ideas and talk about stuff. And I prefer to do that, actually. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about club spaces, Mario? Do you feel like it's successful meeting people? Do you agree with Luca? Yeah. When it comes to transgender people, I haven't had like a lot to meet any trans people. So I think they're kind of underrepresented in creation. People are just not aware they exist. I'm just saying in a very brutal way, but it's pretty un- underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to move to covering queer acceptance in Zagreb, starting small and working to the larger scale. This is a bit of a personal question, so feel free to skip this one, but... Are either of y'all out to your families, and how comfortable are y'all talking to your families about gay things? Yeah, uh, I started coming out to my friends after high school. That's just when I felt comfortable. Um, all went well, so a couple of years later, I started coming out to my family, and last but not least were my older brother and my father. Mm-hmm. They all put it under a rug. It's not something they discuss or want to discuss. It is something that bothers them. But they're not bothering directly me with it. They're more bothering their spouses and asking them silly questions. Other than that, I came to terms with my identity only after that did I come out to them. And it's I don't feel like it's much of my concern of whether or not they're going to process it properly, whatever mm-hmm. that may mean. Yeah. I hear if they have questions, but so far they haven't asked me or started this conversation with me. It's more some, for instance, if we're going to a wedding and it's a plus one thing, they will directly let me know for that plus one not to be a gay partner or a gay friend, which doesn't make me feel uncomfortable because it gives me an opportunity to start a conversation and make them feel uncomfortable. So I would say I'm I'm okay with myself uh, and my parents. Uh, aren't really accepting, but aren't making my life worse because of it. Right. It's pretty much the same situation as Lucas. I'm basically more a person who is, let's say, more confrontal or like to stir the pot. I'm putting my gayness into my mother's and parents' perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, my mom saw me on a TV like while I was in a gay pride. And she knows that I now have a boyfriend because it's a very recent thing. My dad is very ignorant. He asks me if I'm gay, but I'm just trying to, not that I'm trying to avoid. He's completely aware of it, but he's just denying it. Let's say it that way. He literally asked me directly if I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't answer with yes or no. I just said, would you love me less? So, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm just trying to make him to adapt to the situation as 
as smooth as possible. When it, when it comes to my mom, my mom is a bit more curious, but she does not want to talk a lot about it. And yeah, I'm just, you know, stirring the pot. Every time I hear something very problematic coming from there, I'm out. I'm just like, no, 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 no. You should not. You're supposed not to say all those, all those things. You know. Mm-hmm. Also to my sister, like I'm just not allowing them to degrade or to, you know, see any part of the community in a less way. Like, yeah. Their attitude towards being gay. Where do you think that comes from? What would you say? My mom, it was never, and my dad was never homophobic. He was just like, you know, they're fine. You know let them live their own lives they were they were never homophobic in front of me like never but you know like just tradition tradition shit because you know what people would say but you know she's just like adjusting to it as much as possible because i don't care about my relatives as much like i'm just gonna take an example recently my uncle brought the you know i was bringing my boyfriend to the to the vacation house one of the islands and he said that I'm allowed to bring a girlfriend, but not boyfriend. By the girlfriend and boyfriend, I mean male friend and male, a female friend. So, mm-hmm. so, so he said, um, yeah, I'm allowed to bring a female friend, not a male friend. In front of my mom, I was not there, and, but she told me that, and she did not confront him. She did not say like, oh, go fuck yourself. We don't, we uh, blah, blah, you know what I mean? She will not be loud as much as she should be, and that's all. Okay. I got very, you know, very, very furious just talking about that because I find it very, very, um, like, frustrating in a way. Right. right. Family can be sensitive for sure, but I appreciate you talking about it. Okay, so generally in Zagreb, what do you think the city itself, its attitude towards queer people is? So, Zagreb itself you know is a nice city let's say that way in croatia there's like a not bunch of cities where you can live especially as a queer person so i would definitely for all queer folks visiting zagreb and wanting to experience some sort of experience in queer spaces with queer people zagreb would definitely be a spot for me when i started you know being fully gay personally i haven't experienced any type of harassment like maybe just verbally Mm -hmm. but like nothing nothing physically you cannot see like there's no gay neighborhood same-sex couples holding hands there's no visibility in open space because you know mostly people are just scared not to get beaten or just verbally harassed Mm -hmm. so basically there's no such thing as that but But in general let's say zagreb vibe with with queer people it's fine it's not like you know, since this is a capital city, you know, it's kind of expected to be like on a decent level. And it is because, you know, uh, comparing to other cities in, in Croatia, yeah, Zagreb is definitely number one. I mean, on the tolerance level. Okay, so it's the, yeah, the, the most tolerant city in uh, Croatia. You wouldn't feel comfortable with public displays of affection, and even in Zagreb. Yeah, like on some spots, I would. I'm open and publicly gay, so I would like I wouldn't kiss my boyfriend on the main square. I wouldn't feel comfortable at all, actually, mm-hmm. uh, kissing him at the main at the main square. But on some spots which are queer and gay friendly, uh, I would. But on the other open spaces, I wouldn't. Not at all. Okay, and Luca, do you agree? 
Yeah, it's definitely how I would describe it. I have seen a couple of like lesbians kissing and showing affection in public spaces, but not many gay people. Like you can see someone who is evidently gay, like Mario, and mm. most people will not have a problem with it. Potential problems might arise. It might be just a look or a like a bad word or something. But in case of Mario, he was telling me about some girls laughing at him and public transport and commenting. This. And he would confront them. I'm like, I'm, I'm not very confrontal, so most of my people need to suppress every uh, feminine expression of my identity that I've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to fit in. Some people like Mario are not going to water down their queerness. Also, there are people like me, but I don't think people like me can speak about those issues as much because I'm passing to everyone, which most people is a straight person. Oh yeah, maybe I wouldn't pass as a, you know, straight dude. Even though I might not feel super comfortable kissing that, you know, my guy at the main square, but I'm still being myself. By that I mean, like, I'm wearing, like, the clothes I want. I'm just having those gestures and manners. But, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but recently we were together on a public beach in Split. And even though Mario and I aren't a couple, but our friends, we were obviously gay on that beach and it was bunch of people around us and he started to ask me about my ex-boyfriend and talking about his current boyfriend around people and he just didn't give a shit so like <laughs> no, maybe yeah, he yeah. Walked, oh, yeah he wouldn't show affection like if we were together we wouldn't make out or anything but he isn't about to like uh tone down his voice or uh his manners or anything uh to seem less gay and i was looking around at people like Who's watching us? Who's listening to us? I wasn't as comfortable as you were. You just li- literally don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, let's like, not what? take an example of me, you know, like, in generally talking, people are just not as open-minded. You know, Croatia definitely has a policy, you know, towards the LGBT community, like, you know, we have, like, same-sex partnerships since 2012 or 13. Uh, Luca, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, whoever is queer in Croatia and whoever wants to be, you know, themselves and whoever wants to uh, feel free, they mm-hmm. come to Zagreb. You know, mm-hmm. it, basically, if they want to stay in Croatia, the only place to be as safe as possible is Zagreb. Let's say that way. Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting there. We're still not there. And I think we will never be as, as the U.S. Why don't you think that it'll ever reach the acceptance of the U.S.? Um, in like, let's say society and the way the education is, is just teaching us, I mean, by us, I mean, uh, every single creation, let's say we're uneducated about, um, LGBT people. It's not a part of a public discourse, like knowing about queer people, like in Croatia and elementary school or prior to that, those are subjects that are not often discussed, especially not publicly or part of education. It's something that is expected to be spoken with family, and most families are traditional, Catholic, uh, conservative, and homophobic. It's different now, definitely, than it was before. Okay. How would you describe the political situation in Zagreb? How would you place it on the scale of leftist to more conservative? 
I think it's the center closer to right, but that's my perspective. I'm, I'm wondering what model was going to be. Uh, in the parliament, mostly consists of the right hand, uh, right wing, but on the on the top of our country, which is president, who is in the office, is actually the left uh, wing president, who was basically a year ago in the parliament. So, I mean, let's say it is, it is in the central. Yeah. Yeah, Zagreb is in far from the last polls. Right wing uh, won more more votes uh, than the left one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get a little bit off topic, but I want everyone to get a sense of Croatia's uh, global perspective. How does Croatia see itself globally? It's in Europe, but does it see itself as a Western country? Yeah, that's no. an interesting subject but I, I i don't have like a solid idea on whether we are a western country or not because we're something in between from elementary school we're taught about what the balkan is and where balkan is and whether or not we are the part of a balkan area but it's part of our nation's uh, identity crisis of whether we are western or not or whether we want to be or not i think there's a lot of young people that feel and want to be a part of the West, but there's also, it's also intertwined with ideas of socialism that are more specific to former Yugoslavia. Yeah, in the group of people that I hang out with, most of us are anti-capitalism and pro-proletarian. Hmm. And so Yugoslavia was like a socialist group of countries, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yugoslavia was a socialist country. It was pretty close from the West, but there's a lot of mixed feelings about what it was and how was living in it like, because I have a lot of family who lived in that time, like they lived in Yugoslavia, and some don't have many nice things to say, but it wasn't horrible. And also there weren't as many homeless people. Everybody had a job. Everybody had a roof over their head, food on their table, but there were some other things like couldn't drive a car every other day or some ridiculous rules. They needed to smuggle jeans from Italy or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it had its problems, but if you compare it to the countries at the time, uh, it was very progressive. Like, uh, people tend to say, especially because Zagreb Pride decided to use a star, a red star, actually a pink star, which was a symbol for Yugoslavia, but it tilted it, and people like to say that uh, Yugoslavia was a homophobic state, mm-hmm. but compared to other countries, they were far more liberal. Like, there were scientists openly discussing the rights of gay people and how it's not a disease. There were publications scientific publications made regarding that uh, there uh, we had far less people being incarcerated for a sexually deviant stuff that was deemed as like homosexual the far less persecutions the like the sanctions were far softer than the ones in Germany or other places at the time so it was very forward thinking although not as what we're thinking as society is today but like we have to always put things into context right do do you think since independence do, do people view the independence of croatia as a good thing and also do people kind of reject socialism now or what are people's attitude towards socialism now i can speak only about the circle of friends that i'm a part of yeah and they're definitely pro-socialist free healthcare, free education uh cheaper housing there are some positive changes that we can see 
on the political scale as well. We have like this very new group of progressives that entered the parliament. I think it was six or seven of them, which is not a big number, but still we know how necessary progressive voices are. And we also know, as Miles likes to point out on his page, um, if, if we allow the democratic and the left view to always be shifted right because right-wing people are more loud and more getting what they want, then the left ideas uh, turn out to be the ideas that were right a couple years ago. So we, we need progressive voices and we need to stop feeding into the lesser evil ideology because like finally like this year our left side lost and a lot of my leftist friends were happy about it because the person who was the head of the so-called left group on political sphere uh, was actually closer to center and right mm -hmm. and we were getting sick of him so yeah i, I can only speak for my friends yeah. i definitely don't see a lot of people uh having much hope about uh, capitalism especially in croatia because talking about free market uh, there's a specific issues regarding corruption and nepotism in croatia so uh, even if you have a great business idea you're not going to accomplish much in croatia even if you do everything right Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm about to turn this into a political podcast instead. <laughs> uh, one more political question. Is there a sense of um, race in Croatia? Maybe a global race? Do Croatians view themselves as white people or not? We are white. There's no other, there's no other way how we see, each, we see ourselves. We're not multicultural or multiracial. Very few minorities uh, in Croatia, and they're mostly in small numbers. And a large part of it consists of people of surrounding countries that were former Yugoslavia. And there are Romani people here. They are definitely subjected to something that would be similar to systemic racism uh, in United States, there are programs to better their position in society, but they're also subjected to scrutiny from police and other groups of people. Mm. So, like, there are not many people of other races, but there have been, since I was a child, some parts of Zagreb that were started to be inhabited by people from China, with China shops opening and Chinese restaurants. There was a lot of discussion in the public sphere about whether that is good or bad, so there is definitely a lot of racism in Croatia, and even though, like, most people haven't been a lot of African descent people in Croatia, you can walk around Zagreb and see graffitis saying words like white power, which mm. is ridiculous because 99.9% Croatia are white, so it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you know where that stems from? Is that more stemming from European Nazism or...? Oh, definitely, definitely. Talking about Nazism, like, Croatia doesn't have clean hands in terms of history because during the period of fascism in Europe, there was a short period of time where Croatia got its independence by siding with Hitler, and it's called NDH, and there are some people today I even have some in my family who are very pro that country or whatever that was. 
Uh, luckily, that country was defeated, and we returned to being Yugoslavia, and later gained our independence, but on bases that weren't uh, rooted in racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, and uh, other shit related to fascism. I'm gonna mention a type of place and whatever like comes to mind, whatever fits that category for you in Zagreb, um, like say it or and then describe it a little bit. So pick a scene or a space or a club or anything that fits this, the description and tell me about it. And we can go like I can say the category and um, both of you can like name a place if or if you agree on one place you can do that too. Okay, so um, something gone. And something that, so that describes something that has either like closed down, that you're like sad to see closed down. Rush Club. Oh, right. I mean, the music sucked, but it was nice to have a place where you can go and relax and dance. Right. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, making some puns, but okay, we're just serious here. Uh, <laughs> what is gone? Uh, <laughs> okay, make puns. No, no, <laughs> you know, I'm just, it goes with the flow. Now it just flew away. So, uh, what is gone? You know, he said it. Uh, it's rush, let's say that way. Okay. I mean, one thing always. I just feel like the other part of my virginity because I was a <laughs> Oh, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. So long gone. You know, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back in the day, like when I just moved to Zagreb, Rush was situated in the city center. Just to clarify, Rush was a gay bar. It, uh, you know, it's been closed for like a year or more because uh, they've been playing a very like uh, super tacky folk music, which is obviously not a gay thing. And the location was off in a way that it was not uh, located in the city center, but it was very underground, very underground, very small, but it was very crowded. You know, it was literally super crowded. But, mm. you know, since they moved, I don't know, a few kilometers out of um, city center, the, the income was not as good, I guess. So it's actually good. that I went to more than any other club I've ever went to in my life. I basically went there about 10 times. Uh, it was a very small place. It wasn't posh. The roof was basically something you could reach by your hand. Yeah. Uh, it was super dark. It was a very small stage, very small bar, a bunch of uh, cranky people crowded together. Uh, like people wouldn't talk to you, uh, or if you would like try to dance with them or something, they would just give you a bitchy look. But whenever somebody would pass next to you, they would give you a full body check like you're on an airport and they're searching for a bomb or drugs. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they, would, they would touch every part of you. But then, like, it, you could mistake that for flirting and start a conversation, but then they would just give you a look and move on. Right. Yeah, was, uh, one time we were get, getting out of rush, and then uh, it's actually beautiful. When you uh, get out of that small, crowded club, you're, you're out in the center of Zagreb, which is actually beautiful. You're mm -hmm. next to uh, um, Zvodinjevac, which is, uh, I think, objectively the most beautiful part in Zagreb. 
but as Mario mentioned, their music repertoire was uh, becoming shittier e each year, uh, and people just started not going there. And they also changed location, which was bad. Okay. Something new, uh, recently opened maybe in the city. Holy shit, we're awfully quiet. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I would say like two years ago or three years ago, it was open. I mean, that's very, you know, recent. Blochnik, which was, which is, uh, you know, queer friendly bar, club, slash club. Uh, it was gay friendly. And this is where Mario organized the RuPaul Drag Race viewing parties, mm. a friendly space. It wasn't very close to the center, so it's not like everybody's cup of tea but it's very well designed space it's very western very western with the plans and you know cool decorators and stuff so mm -hmm. something missing what have you been wanting to see in zagreb that's not there mm. and has never been there places, places where that are open that are colorful cheap like openly queer people like they're friendly places but they're not specifically for gay people okay. yeah when it comes to me like i'm not missing any specific location but i'm missing just you know feeling freedom feeling mm -hmm. being whoever i want to be and just feel like nobody's watching me or you know because i'm planning to move to another you know country so just because of the feeling i'm not missing like any specific bar or space but i'm just missing the feeling i have while i was living abroad and that's that's it okay so the last one is something true maybe what has been around for a long time that you really trust or that you feel is like a genuine space that you feel is very invested in the community lesbian <laughs> just lesbians all of them <laughs> lesbians I would say like uh, the most recent organization called Proud Zagreb. That's very fresh and very true. Do you agree, Luca? Uh, yes, Proud Zagreb is uh, this great initiative. Uh, it is a bunch of lesbians behind it, mm -hmm. basically, and some other queer people. Uh, because there's a lack of uh, events and programs and where people to look up to because the Zagreb Pride organization that's organizing the Pride isn't doing anything else but organizing Pride. So we need more like uh, movie nights, uh, group uh, game game board nights, whatever, uh, book clubs, uh, coffee shops, uh, like um, safe spaces to hang out and socialize. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the last section, um, but yeah, that was really great. I expected this, but it went into places that I didn't really expect for it to go. Is there anything professional or online that you want to plug about yourself? No, for me, not. You just can be creative, as, you know, as you want. Don't, I don't mind if you need anything uh, extra, just message me so I will, you know, record it or we have another, we can have another call. It's a no, it's a no biggie at all. Okay, okay. If there's anything that you want to promote, just let me know and I will um, let people know. Thank you so much. Good to report for my friends. All right, well, yeah, thanks again for sharing and being generous with your experience. And that's it. Okay.
Okay, Miles. So enjoy, enjoy living in the New York City since I cannot. <laughs> so um, yeah, not yet. Okay, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Excellent. Bye. Bye. Bye.